Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Alhamdulillahi Wali Al-Kareem Wa sallallahu ala anbiya Ajma'een Wal-Masih Wal-Mahsi Wal-Mujadda Laman Mursaleen Amma Basit Are we not the bearers of witness That nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the guide. And on the Mujaddid, the reformer. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace. Throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. The man of the hour. Small back. Uh, me and a friend were going to conversate about after course came up about year 2000 and went to the state as far as the alignment things that they can happen. I mean, uh, should we look for like this total destruction of third place and rebuilding from that point on. And, uh, I mean,
islands off of Jamaica went under. Uh, if I say it was a rough year, there were three other islands in the Caribbean. You know, so what we're looking at is the energy of the No, the world in itself will not be over in the end of the We got 2003, and a finality goes up to 2030. The ball is cycles of time to repair ourselves spiritually and physically for the a calamity that the Book of Revelation predicted, the Quran, the Bible predicted, the Bible of Hindu, the writings of the Hopi uh, Indians, all different wide societies that ever existed have all predicted this, this characteristic change. And our ancient writers refer to as the seven thunders. The Bible calls them the seven plagues. The Bible, these are like a magic secret that they follow. The ancient history, the ancient history, but the Pharaoh did not a change the place. When you speak about the ancient world, they're talking about the end of the heaven, the end of a certain thing in the world. We exist now to destroy this planet. Other reasons, the subject that is negative, the most simple of the which is another thing. This beast, my creature, has destroyed the planet to such a degree where nature is taking her revenge.
But if you investigate it, you'll find out there was an act that was never passed in Congress. So though we have been given a temporary political vote, there has never been safety or first proof that black or women are allowed to vote. It's not in law yet. It's still in act. You follow that? They still have written in their laws that you are two-thirds of a human being. That's the part of that. So as they fall from power, it has nothing whatsoever to do with you unless you align yourself with them, like the book of Revelation says, unless you want to live in the image of the beast and follow in the steps of the beast, then those people will be in the living of the beast. So we're really not in the day. It's not our end. And I know they said before, it's only a Possible for them to be stored up. This is as this one might have liked me this time. This is as possible for them to destroy the earth as this people to destroy the earth. And five to day, what? Five to day, the earth is out the house. They come back. This is an ongoing struggle to keep them out. We can keep them down for a while now, but they keep coming back up. Whether we come up as the Mayans or the Aztecs or the all that was Egyptians or Babylonians or whatever we come up as Native Americans, Arabs, Hamas, wherever we come up, we come back. Whether it's a Puerto Rico or Cuba or Mexico, we come back. This time is up. In 1991, all of Mexico looked up at the sky and they saw a wild crash. The whole city of Mexico. Hundreds and hundreds of miles, hundreds of videotapes of crap that the government of America ignored, something and pushed out Roswell, which is a controversial UFO involvement, rather than for just literal crap in the South. But the Mexican said, this is our prophecy. This our ancient one of coming back. This is the end of an era. Not the government say this is the end of an era. The whole thing say this is the end of an era. And the next rule, or the new truth, which is our, they say this is the end of an era. The bottom, all we have to do is stay out of the way. They will fight up. And I was talking about this the other day. And you think that's a coincidence? That the man who ran into the White House
confidence because it must go past a direct and then over. When at its direct point, we become God. And then it starts to move. But when we get back, our brain capacity will go back to natural. We're only using a force of our brain, but we're all moving towards God. You don't believe Say, any company you can stand watching you on the side. You never stand on the side. Wherever we get comfortable, we get it. And that's because we're not. I'm never going to come up. I ain't doing it. I'm saying this is right. And to me, I'm going to die. We're trying to realign our brain. So we can get sick with the flow of intellect that comes from us, from the heavenly host. We are at that time of day when you're sitting there and you just are playing out of nowhere. You're on your way to where you look up and start to hold up and remember you can face the time and face to get from one place to the next. You're walking out the street and you look up and say, I have a smile. I'm going to take over and I'm going to get down the clock over here. Get halfway there and pour it out of there. Are losing power, and their own people are turning on them. 
That's why they put on black movies. That's it. That's real sad. Yeah, we are. And we're in the same time where we've got to learn to do for ourselves. And they're forging our food. We gotta grow our own food again.
What was that woman's name? Anything could happen. 
Oh, y'all got to hide as a white man to come to Chicago. You can let you can lose that crap. That's just like this. There's no way about it. You said God has to hide. And he got to listen to that. He said ain't nothing to me. You know what I mean? We got to say. So, brother, our doctor is not telling anybody. We're not a doomsday cult. Yes, we are a cult. Are we a cult? Yes, we're a cult. Now, I ask what is a cult. Don't go to some fool who is a cult. And anybody who falls in an organization with a body of people, with a charismatic leader, with a specific uniform and giant, and control sleeping habits and eating habits as a cult. Then I just take care of the cult. Hell, it's going to come you better be at the top of 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 the and do what they say do. They say, you know what? I'm your mother. I'm your father. I'm your future. Boy, you belong. Your uncle's dead. Is that what they show up? So hell, Uncle Sam is the most courageous company in America. Now they talk about the Sheriff's Department. They will kill you if you tell them to. And he says, shoot you. They'll shoot you. And they'll ask questions later. So with the CIA and security forces, they are cops. The cops busted. <laughs> to form the organization that they are an investigative cop. In order for him to win the people over, to listen to him, he has to be a political standard leader. He has to talk to them. And they listen now. We are useless. And the only people over there are the permanent people are going to stop the y'all. He's a policeman speaker. That bothers the hell out of me, though. You don't imagine that anything young? You know? They don't like when I just say, Nam, Jay, Ya, Dantha, Uki. They don't like when I just speak 19 languages and translate their bones. They don't like that. They don't like that man that picks up the Bible and says, let me tell you what it says in the language that came down from heaven, not in the language that King James of Flaming Titus, who was a killer's wife, wrote it in.
and he formed a monk to the Roman Catholic Church. And he was the state of cost. And now they raised up Mother Teresa, nice old lady, cost. Oh, 
nobody wants to hear today. Because I'm the question man. And he said something and I asked you how you know. And he said, I want to teach all of you. Whether they're in church, 
They don't care nothing about this Bible. You need to give you a book. But they went to this Bible cover to cover. You understand? You go to any of you male wise enough or old enough to walk through the side of God and get high enough to find out what they really think is the Bible. They'll get jokes. Find out what they really know. Let me show you what God is in the Bible. I want to give a passage this. I'm going to give you a list. There's a man in the Bible called Nimrod. That man, Nimrod, died in the Bible. So how do you figure that, Doc? Let me say some weird stuff, Doc. <laughs> Got the Bible with you? Huh? That's what I'm talking about. Turn to Genesis. Genealogy of Isaac. Genesis. Hear it? The Hebrew word is Banashi. The English word means the genealogy of Isaac. The beginning of the Egyptian dynasty. That's why they call it the beginning. Go to the 10th chapter. You hear it? Look at the first verse. Can you see that? Everybody got a bottle? Y'all got a bottle? See it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's... I say, that's how you want to do the same time. What time are you going to be ready to get in the Bible? Now, you know where and it means to light down a car. They say rest because they can play a phonetic game in English for you. And to rest also means to light down a car. And you can easily rest, rest and rest like resting for slumber to sleep. But rest like resting jaw down with an impossible. But then what you can imagine is they can put things in here and get God rest. And if you can see the heat. And they don't see the Hebrew, so they're misguided. And then I'm going to point it out because if you see the name North in your Bible, and it says rest, and it means to rest down, and it's making reference to the ark resting on Mount Ararat, which they use when they say that the ark resting on Mount Ararat, then the Hebrew one day have the name Moab. So the question would be how can a man be named North when he was a baby? And then find out who's going to build an ark and see the grown man. And he didn't even know. So he can't build a prophesy because think about it, says God says, No. And you're like, What? I want you to build me an ark. And you're like, Uh huh. What's an ark? <laughs> he wanted him to build a boat. He never said it. I hear you talking about Captain Faith. But the point is, how did Noah's mother and father know? The day he didn't know. The office went on Mount Ararat when he was a baby. It tells you that Noah had another name. He had another name. The name was Pigna Fiction. And you can look it up. Please don't trust me. I don't want you to trust anybody, get everybody. So, look it up. 
and you find something called a Gilgamesh epic. And a Gilgamesh epic speaks about a world flood and a man who built an ark and survived in this world flood with his family. And the man's name was Percy Dixon. We go to Elijah and look it up. Look up Gilgamesh epic and find that that story existed 3,000 years before Noah was born. Okay. Babylonian tablets recorded in the script of Cuneiform. Passed in the Phoenician, Italian, Chaldean. It was written in almost 30 different dialects before it reached Hebrew. And recorded and confounded the Jewish or strong tablets before they were done. How does that make you feel? If you believe in the Noah story in the Bible, I'm going to tell you the truth. To find out that the story was predated the Bible by 3,000 years. Has anybody know what that is? And the whole story is there, right? About the Lord telling the sacred family to harm and everything. And I think the Lord uh, saw. You can't go and write something out of somebody else's book without their permission. And where did this Bible didn't say if I copied it from the they stole the story and made it divine. And you believed it. During the Muslim worldwide Christians and Jews are believing it also. And they won't even investigate. But the pathway that there is a very loving concern on limited power is that it leads forward like that. That's why it says, he was out of air, let him sit. The Father, when speaking of the angel, you become an angel, and you no longer listen to the words of men, and you start questioning everything. No preacher, no teacher, no pastor, no rabbi, no mom. It is not questioned. Your father, when you start to question us, you watch them and put the square in that stick. Just you walk in the stick. Hey, I'll meet you in the private table. Talk to me in private. And now I don't want to talk to you for everybody. I want everybody to listen. But it says in St. John chapter 1, John said, as a witness to bear witness. I want everybody to bear witness if you don't know what you're talking about. We can sit down off that pole. But we don't have the time to be bold around here in your crap. While the world is ending, you worry about Jesus coming to stop it. That woman had a baby slapped out of her arm. too late for Jesus for her. I mean, people are like, people are they die. Because of your relatives or friends or gunshots. Too late for Jesus to you. Because they only appeal the people who have not met the hands of sin. The Bible says it wasn't on you and it had it knocked on your door. That the black cattle have not kneeled down in front of your door yet. And if the angel of Israel out of death did not take them out of your house, it's easy to appeal to you. But it's too late for me to worry about your Jesus 
when my mother or my father or my sister or my brother got smashed up in the car and I couldn't. Or my brother or son or sister in a body of some fool when they power up up the body and kill them. The Lord made you to put the Jesus crap on me. Oh, yeah, they got a whole job. I'm really going to say. You got to look at these things and nothing like it. And it said, when they took me from burning down, I was saying, where is Jesus? Every day a new church. Where is Jesus? When is he coming? How long must we wait? We're now in the 2000th year. We're all in the 2000th year since the man left. How long must I wait? How long must I be kissing the butt? Abuse, wait. A man is taken away from me, feeling like a chump. You know what I mean? You can pull out your car and drive to the front of your wife and your kids and just stay off there and get to a step. Go ahead, buddy. My child, rip his head off there and murder. How long? Too long, y'all. Too long. And that's why I'm there. But it's too long. <laughs> and I'm not coming to win. I ain't trying to win no cops. Clear cops. Popularity comes in. I'm not the man for that. When they send me, I'm supposed to be saved. 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 i let me pull you up. He said, yeah, brother, pull me into the light. No. Pull you into the dark. The light blind. Ain't no man ever got blinded by dark. That's what verse teaches. And I walked the path where I saw the light. And seeing the light, I knew they were right. They didn't know what they would say on that cold Thursday night. <laughs> and I knew it. Give me a while to grasp the reality that God was in the darkness when he said that there be light. That we were in the darkness, and when the light came on, the chaos began, and all hell broke out, they told me hell is on fire, and fire produces light. Why the niggas trying to take you to the light? That niggas ain't right. <laughs> Tell y'all, you gotta put up a Of America. You are about to hear a truth people, not a preacher. So come, 
So we look towards Kalam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Quran, as our means of reference. Just by looking at the meaning of the word fajr, we'll know when to pray. But if we look to the collections of Hadith bodies, Pakistanians and these Egyptians and these Saudis who are trying to institutionalize Islam so it falls into the modern framework of religion, they have us all praying at the wrong time. And we have discussed that this year in our community that we are going to institute amongst the Ansari, regardless of what the Egyptians or the Saudians or the Sudanese even say, according to the Quran and based on the time, by the meaning of the word. The word has a meaning. The word Asa has a meaning. The word Maghrib has a meaning. The word Isha has a meaning. And the word Fajr has a meaning. And basing it on those meanings, we will get to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to do, not the traditions of men, which so many Muslims have seemed to fall into. We all have fallen into the trap of following the traditions of men, and we've laid aside the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it has reached that point where I'm sorry, we don't care what the other world says. We're going to do what the scripture says, whether they like it or not. And those Sunnis who are intelligent enough will check our book for the reasons. Forget whether or not they accept our doctrine or what we say we are, who we say we are, but they investigate the reasons and the etymology of the word, the definitions, and what it describes to based on its meaning in the Quran. They'll be intelligent enough to follow. If not, they'll verse us and follow them so called Sunnah scholars who are people who are leading people away from the Quran intentionally with these hadith. Okay? They are Jews in disguise and they were trying to hide the power of the Quran by burying Muslims in the hadith. So we wouldn't go back to the words of Allah. We'd be dependent on Bukhari, Shafi, Maliki, Hamla, Tilmi, Muslim, and people like that, and not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Um, I was hoping you'd be able to explain to me chapter, I mean, John chapter 3, um, verse 11 to 16. The reason I'm covering that much is, actually, I was want number 14, but I think if I went from 11 to 16, it would clear up more, because I think it's kind of short by just going by number 14. Uh, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witnesses. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And what I want to question is that number 14, that line there, just said, as Moses lifted up his servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I don't understand. Turn to John chapter 8, verse 28, and it adds it literally. John 8:28. Yes. Okay. Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my father had taught me, I speak these things. And he is saying, yeah, okay, that he's saying the power that Moses had came from the heavenly father when he changed the staff or the asa into a serpent, and the power that you see me with also did not come from me, they came from the father. Please read it again for the people who might miss that. That what he's really trying to tell people is all that I do, I have no power. I, of my own accord, he's saying, I can do nothing without the Father. Read it one more time. Okay. Then says these unto them, 
When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. So when you realize that I am the Son of a mortal, they use the word there, Son of Man, when this can be misinterpreted that the English language like man is identified with the male gender as opposed to humanity. Jesus was referring to himself as the son of a human being. And the human being he was talking about was his mother, Miriam, or Mary, alayhi salam. Right? This is who they were talking about. They said, once you have exalted me and treated me for my full glory, then you will know that I am the son of man. He was the son of Mary as well as the son of Allah so far. He was an angel incarnated. And what did he say right after that? That I do Nothing. Nothing of myself. Now, I ask the Christian over and over again, if the Messiah Jesus said out of his own mouth right here, I do nothing of myself, why are they sitting around waiting for him to do something for them? When they should turn to the heavenly Father who sent him, who he said he was not greater than. When they ask Jesus, what is the highest of all the commandments, what did the Messiah say? Lord, that guy is one God. And he should have no other. And so he is not it. He has no power to do nothing for you that does not come by way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his father and yours who sent him. He said, again, I do nothing of myself, but as my father has taught me, that means Jesus, the Messiah, had to learn what he did and what he said. Because he said, as my father hath in past tense, taught in past tense, me, I speak these things. Everything I say, I have learned from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I did not come up with them myself. And now when he says, I do nothing of myself, he's separating himself as an individual. He became a first person singular. Yet in the Bible, the Almighty keeps saying, we created, we did. He includes the heavenly host or the Elohim when he speaks. Jesus speaks in the first person singular as an individual. I do nothing of myself, but as my Father. Not me and the Father are one. Not I am God and God is in me, but my Father. Separating him from the Father. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me, he did not come on his own. Like the Christians say, Jesus came down from heaven into a body. Jesus never said he came down from heaven into a body. He said he was sent down from heaven into a body. And who sent him down from heaven? He says it right there. And he, meaning the heavenly father, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he that sent me is what? With me. Because Jesus said the same light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world in the book of St. John. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And that comes all the way back to Genesis when the heavenly father, the Elohim, said, I blew my spirit into man and man became a living soul. When the Holy Quran chapter 15 says, and I placed my spirit inside man and man became a living soul. This is what he's saying. The Father is in me. When you see me, you see the Father, because in me is eternal life, and the Father never dies. So when you see me, you see eternal life. Then what is he going to say? And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not what? Left me alone. Has never left me as one, as one alone. You see that? He has not departed from me. 
So don't tell me that when he was on the cross, the Father departed away from him. No way. For I do what? I do always those things that please him. I always do what pleases my Father. That's all. I always do what pleases my Father. And then he goes down after being questioned, and he said these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to the Judites, which believed on him, those that did, what? If ye continue in my words, then ye are my disciples indeed. And? And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's that verse that everybody likes to use, so, you know, they use it, use it, use it like it belongs to them. He's talking to the Judites when he says that. He says, any of you Jews that do believe on me, you will be freed. Any of the Judites, the tribe of Judah, that believes on me and the words that I'm teaching you, which he just told you in 29, came from his father, not himself, you will be free. Because they thought that the Messiah had come down from heaven to fight against Rome and to liberate Israel and freedom from the bondage of Rome. So he said, well, if you accept my word, which I brought to you from the Father who sent me, you will be free. You see? You may not be free in body, but you will be free in what? Spirit, because you will have received the Holy Spirit. Okay. And also, one more question. Why do some brothers get the prostration mark? It shows up a little clearer on some brothers than it does others. Because some people, because they read that you get a prostration mark by prostrating, get on the floor and rest their head. If you make salat properly in the Western world, you won't get it. You'll find, if you see pictures of me with it, it's right after I came from the East, where they pray on marble or they pray on hot sand and you burn your forehead. If you pray here in America in your house with a rug and you lay down your face and according to the practices of the Sunnah of Rasulullah, you put chili, then forehead, you'll never get a burn mark. The brothers you see with the burn marks, the Sunnis, they're doing that. They're rubbing their head on the ground. So it'll look like they got the mark. You get that mark in the east because places like Mecca, but they made marble floors in a place where the climate runs between 115 to 120 degrees. So when you're walking around in Mecca, most of the people are running because they're trying to get their feet off the ground. It is hot over there. Right. Then when someone tells you to put your face on that and prostrate, you got to have a whole lot of faith to intentionally put your face down in a frying pan. This is a part of the pilgrimage that people don't know. You go to a place like Sudan where it's 130, 112, 115 degrees and make prostration and hold your face down is difficult. And then the funniest thing that happens is sometimes you get that fanatical imam who's a fanatical and said to him just going, Subhana Rabbil Ala, Subhana Rabbil Ala. He goes, Subhana Rabbil Ala. And you're saying, please hurry up. He has a callus on his forehead because he's been doing it for years. He's, I'm serious, because he's been burning it on his head for years. You just come home to visit, and now you got to put this first layer of skin on this hot marble. These are realities that people don't want to deal with. I have to call the things the way they are. A lot of people don't like that, but I say, if you go to Mecca, it's not fun. You lose that spiritual part. You know, when you're on your way there and everybody's like, Baik Allah, Allah, Baik, all that's beautiful. When you get in the airport and they start fumbling through your luggage and pushing people and asking you how long you plan to stay, how much money you got, what hotel, you know, it loses that. But Muslims only see it, I'm going to hide. So you're going to Saudi Arabia, a government where they're going to treat you like you're a foreigner who are coming on a tour. And then when you get in the hotel, 
They're going to be bumping through your stuff when you go down the street. There's a million people on the street in one city. That's real when you get over there. Don't nobody fool you. It's miserable. I always tell brothers from our mouth, if you're going to Mecca, go out of season first. Go to Umrah when everybody's not there, and then you'll see Mecca. You'll see the Kaaba. You'll see these things, and then go back for Hajj because you got the spirit in you. Right. You follow? And you know what you're up against. I got a four-part question to ask. Uh, the first part is, uh, how does one receive the Holy Spirit? The first thing a person must do to receive the Holy Spirit is become born again. That means they got to rid themselves of all the things that they think is right. That's the biggest problem we have as humans. We got a whole lot of the way I see this, the way I think this is, the way it should be, instead of just the way it is in accordance with the words of Allah, Kalam Allah, in the scriptures. The Holy Spirit will descend upon you when the temple is clean. You follow? Uh, uh, the second part of it is how does one feel physically and uh, how does it affect your senses? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you? Yes. You may have had him visit you while teaching. You ever been teaching somebody and try to find a quote in the Bible and the Bible opens up to the quote for you? Mm-hmm. That was the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. Just open your mouth and I'll put my words into you. They'll pass through you. It doesn't always stay there. Because in St. John's it says, he who you see the Spirit descend upon and stay there forever, that is the Messiah. See, that's not you. So the Spirit will come down and pass through you. That feeling you get inside, sometimes when you're reading something and the truth just unfolds right in front of you. And that's a strange feeling of a sensation, a joy that settles in your heart. You ever had that feeling? Mm-hmm. That's the Holy Spirit moving in you. And so that can make you get up and shout. But it won't throw you on no ground. You feel good, but not good enough to bang your head on no concrete. You ever follow? Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you maintain it? By disciplining yourself to make the temple comfortable enough to dwell in. The Spirit will stay as long as the temple is comfortable. You know what that means? All the things that you say you are, you are. All the things you say you believe, you do. All the things that you know you should not do, you don't do. But the moment you dirty the temple, then Jesus will come with a stick and beat the filth out of the temple. That's what that symbol of him is, turning tables off and beating people out of the temple. Because they were doing things in the temple that was wrong. And he turned to the disciples and said, you see that symbol? They didn't understand what he was talking about. You are the temple, he said, because he said, destroy the temple, and I'll raise it in three days. And he explained later, he was talking about his body. Your body is the temple. If you don't purify the temple, you still got the bad habits and the bad thoughts and the bad dreams and the bad aspirations, then the spirit can't reside in you. You have to make the temple clean for the spirit. That's why he told those people who want to stone that woman for holotry. He said, let him without sin cast the first stone. Within a couple of minutes, only him and that woman would stand there. Everybody else had walked away. Because how many people in that room can say, I am totally sinless. How many of y'all in that room can say that? I am totally sinless. Everything I know is right, I do. Everything I know is wrong, I shun. Who can raise their hand in that room and say, I am totally sinless? Because if you do, that would be your first sin. Go ahead. Uh, can you uh, have, uh, you said cleanse yourself. Uh, can you uh, cleanse your spirit and your mind, and but your body will be unhealthy? Can you receive the whole spirit even? No. It's a total commitment. It's all of you. You just, the person can't say, in my heart, I'm good. See, if that's the case, then the Almighty would have never put the truth in books. He would just put it in everybody's heart. People are underestimating the power of the Father when they say stuff like, as long as I got a son in my heart, that's all it counts. Because in that case, if Allah thought your heart was so powerful, he would have put it inside there. Why did he put the Quran in a book and make you digest it when he has the power to just put the whole book inside you? 
Because there is a part of it that's physical. There is a part of it that's disciplined. Because the temptations of the devil can't work on the soul. They can only work on the body. And the body interprets it for the soul. They have to put physical naked women on television to plant the thought in the mind for the soul to interpret it as lust. You understand? The devil works from the physical back to the soul. He cannot touch your soul. Your soul will burn the devil. You understand? So everything he does to you, he does by seduction. He does it by manifesting things in the physical world. He gives you interests in the physical world. And things in the physical world will pull down your soul. And eventually you give your soul to him. When you start living for and by him, you and all of us have been guilty at one time or other being around white people and trying to talk like them. You feel talking like white people makes you more accepted. And straightening your hair makes you more accepted. And dressing like white people and shaving your beard makes you more accepted. Makes you accepted by who and what? You know what you're saying? You're saying, devil, accept me. I'm not talking to the white man as a devil. I'm talking about the image that the white man projects in the devil because everything he projects is love. The baby suits are getting skimpier. The pants are getting tighter. The fake hair is getting longer. It was bad enough when black people had jelly curls. Now they got some dead person's hair in their hair. Or some animal or some plastic braids into their hair, and they think they look like Marilyn Monroe. You've got to get away from that Alice in Wonderland, dear, because you are not Alice. And this is not your land. You follow that? Y'all got to get away from it because it don't apply to you. All the commercials on television is for his people. They ain't making no lady. You know what Lady Clairol does to black people's hair? That's for them. Because if they don't do that, they look like a dead dog. And they don't groom their hair. They don't put blush on and eyeliner. They look like an uncooked sausage. Black women, you don't need all the artwork. The Almighty gave you the artwork. That's why everybody in the world goes to beaches. They go to beaches to become black. They just say tan. Then when I say I'm black, they say, you're not black, you're brown. You're not really black, you're a Negro, you're brown. Okay, so I start saying I'm tan. Then what they have to do? Change all the tan stuff to something else? Yeah, they'll call it copper tone. And then if I start saying I'm copper tone, they'll have to change it to Negro. Let's go to the beach and get Negro. They're going to the beach to get black. They're curling their hair to get nasty. Now, they're even getting injections in their lips to get some lips. This is on television now. Michael Jackson and good brothers like that have been confused or cutting their nose away, and white people are picking the flesh up and putting it on there. You have been blessed. You have been blessed with what everybody wants. That may sound crazy, but ain't nobody got no soul like you. Nobody can survive the stuff you survive and be still popping your fingers. I mean, brothers be popping their finger, they ain't even got no food in the fridge there, but still find room to crack a joke and laugh. And everybody says about us, boy, it's some colorful people. You understand? You know what that is? That's soul. Because they can take everything from us but our soul. We'll be laughing and hungry. And be laughing about the fact that we're eating plain sugar on bread. We'll be laughing. The white people would jump out the window as soon as the stock market clashes. They go right to the window. They don't pass gold. They don't collect that joint open and wham. They can't survive without money. Because Revelation 13 tells you that is the devil's symbol. That people will buy nor sell except for those who have the mark of the beast. If you don't have the mark of the beast in the palm of your hand on your head, you can't buy or sell. They're talking about money. And you don't believe me. Go down the wall and see one day and just look up and just watch the board and watch those people there. Screaming and yelling, how about this? How about this? You know what I'm saying? And the man goes, close. And he goes, oh. 
They're like robots. Has anybody ever seen that? Mm-hmm. It's amazing to watch that. They're like robots begging and begging and begging. And the man says, okay, slow. They were They stand there for 10 minutes. Another board comes up. They run over to the other board. It is sad that people have left faith in the Almighty behind, and they live by the rules of men. They have put down the Ten Commandments, and now they're talking about some constitution written by men. They don't apply to you. Y'all better hear them wake up. We got a little bit of time to get a lot done. Okay, and uh, I don't know if this might seem like a silly question, but when you receive the Holy Spirit, where does it put you in respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It makes you a son of Allah. You change from a son of man to a son of Allah. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. He kept saying, I'm a son of a human being. He used the word Bashra in certain places and insan in other places. The word Bashra, when it says that, means mortal. The word insan means human being. So he kept saying, I am Ebed Bashra, I am Ebed Insan. And he was referring, people say man, and the psychology there is that when you say man, you keep thinking it's talking about a man, and it's not. It's talking about a woman. And the woman he's talking about is his mother Mary. When he said, I'm the son of man, you see, man is not a gender. Man can be male or female. When Jesus was saying that, he was trying to tell them that I have a physical mother and a spiritual father. He would say, I'm the son of man, and I'm the son of God. And they wouldn't understand what he's talking about. The Son of Man meant that he was the son of a human being, Mary. And the Son of God meant that he was the son of an angelic being, as the brother said, the Holy Spirit, Gabriel. The combination made this unique creature the only begotten of the Father in his time, full of grace. Jesus the Messiah. So yes, once you purify yourself and the Spirit starts to control you, it starts to re-educate your soul, then you are a son of God. And that's what Jesus said. As many as believe on me, to them I give the power to become the sons of God. Okay? Three things taking place here on earth for the change. One, the Father came. Second, the Son came. And third, the Holy Spirit came. After this, then it will be a new heaven and a new earth. Could you explain now if I'm correct? If you look at it from that order, you must start from the book of Genesis. All right? Yes. And in Genesis, when he speaks about the creation of man, he says he blew into man of his spirit, and man became a living soul. Yes. Correct? Yes. That is the Elohim talking, because he's speaking from a plural. He says Elohim. He put his spirit into man, and man became a living soul. Mm-hmm. That has the problem. By the time we get to Jesus, now we're down to the Son, as you say, mm-hmm. it's St. John. And he says, in him was the light, and the light was the light of man. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Right. All right? They say that's the same light, number seven, the same came for witness, to bear witness of that light, that through him all might believe. Right? He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. Right. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The point I'm trying to make is the light of the Father, the light of the Son, and the light of the Holy Spirit are all one light. The same light which lighteth every man, and not three separate lights. The same light. The light is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who in the Quran is the first word, nor the light of the heaven and the earth. You see? So you're right in what you're saying. It's just we got to be careful that we don't violate the highest of all the commandments, is what Jesus said, and that is that the Lord thy God is one God. We don't make that mistake, and then people say Trinity and don't understand what they mean. Yes. So the light of the Father, who we breathed in man in the very beginning, the light of the Son, which Jesus is speaking about in St. John, and the light of the Holy Spirit, which will come in Muhammad again as a comforter, is still one light. 
الله وحده لا شريك له pleasure, a complete set of the True Life tapes. There are now more than 24 hours of answers to the questions that have boggled the minds of humanity. For more than 20 years, the eminent master, Imam Isa, has answered all questions put before him. From skeptics to true believers, Jews, Christians, Muslims, all have increased the understanding of the words of the Most High by listening to the True Life on WWRL. Where can I get the True Life tapes? You can get the True Life from your local Ansar representative that you see dressed in white, or come down to the original Temple Kedar, 719 Bushwick Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. I still go to church, and I've asked my minister many questions from the True Life Church that he cannot answer. I've listened to Jimmy Swaggart and other ministers, but I find that Elmam Issa is the only one who can explain the book of Revelation. I've been a Jehovah's Witness since I was a child, and I thought I had a monopoly on the truth. But I listened to the true life tapes on the radio and have come to understand the truth about the life of Jesus. I listen to your broadcast every week, and as a result of the true life tapes, I am now a follower of Imam Misa. Yes, the true life tapes do make a difference. The true life can change your life. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And now, let us return to our broadcast. Here, I, it, is, it is a symbolic term anyway, your word life, because yeah, life. Uh, it is, it is, it is a, life here means teaching. No, in the no, no. life here means life. He says it right in the scriptures. He says, the light is the life in man. It's not teaching. And that's because in Genesis, he says, I blew into man of the breath of life, and man became a living soul, and soul is symbolic as illuminating, as having an aura, you see? So there is wisdom and knowledge and understanding in possessing the light of the Heavenly Father, but light is really symbolic of the breath of life, according to the scriptures. The light was the light of man, it says. Okay, this Zion that uh, is on the mound, and with him is 140 and 4,000. This revelation here, is it that it's already, because all of this is fulfilled already. 
Okay, let's say I'm from the tribe of Levi, which definitely I am. And you always turn to the book of Psalms, verse 48, 11. It will tell you that Zion is Judah. Zion is not all tribes. Zion is the tribe of Judah only. The book of Psalms 48 will tell you that. 48, 11. 48, 11 reads, Let not Zion rejoice, let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgment. Walk about Zion and go around and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. If you go to Second Samuel, the fifth chapter, the seventh verse, it'll tell you that Zion is in a place called Jerusalem, the city of David. Second Samuel five verse seven. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. Now, when you use the word Zion, the first thing is to realize that the word within itself means hilltop. It's an extraction from a high hill in the city of Jerusalem. The modern-day version of Zion, as put together by Paul, the fabricator, is that it represents heaven. It is referenced in Revelation chapter 14, to Zion being a heavenly abode that will come down out of heaven in the last day as the tabernacle of the Most High. When you mention a tabernacle, you establish two things. You establish a place of worship and a place of dwelling. The book of Numbers, chapter 2, verse 2, tells you that the tabernacle was not merely just a place to worship, but it was also all the tribes of Israel were told to set up their tents there. Read books of Numbers, verse 2. Every man of the children of Israel shall preach by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. Now, what would happen is there was a holy of holies, which was equivalent to what we call Mechmer or Masjid or Gamma, the place where the high priest, the tribe of Levi, or Loiah, which is a Levite tribe of Ben Israel, who perished thousands of years ago. They were the holy of holies. They were the ones responsible for the rituals that took place in the sacred province of the temple, like Imam, or Sheikh, or Kohen, or rabbis do in the synagogue. Then they had, outside that curtain of tents, where they had the altar set up, which is the altar of the tabernacle, where they would have their sacrifices to the Most High, and they would put their offerings on those altars and sacrifice them. Outside that, they had 12 tents set up, and each one of those tents symbolized the head point for the 12 tribes of Israel in their day and time. By the time we came down to the Messiah, Isa, or Yeshua, Jesus, the 12 tribes had perished. Both David, who was doing most of the predictions for Jesus' lifestyle, predicted that Zion would be Judah. And that's why Jesus, the Messiah, said he only came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel only, which represented the tribe of Judah, because he said, I came to my own, and he was of David to Judah. The only tribe of the tribes of Israel that exists today in the tribe of Judah. There is no Levite tribe. There is no Benjamin. There is no Ephraim. There is no Manasseh. And the tribe of Dan mixed in with Judah when they migrated south to Eden and into Hadashia 
which is now called Ethiopia, and became known as Palatians. And those tribes were the Danaco tribe today who moved up into Sudan, Nubia, and mixed in with the family of the Fatimites who came up out of Arabia down to Egypt into Nubia and became known as Islamic Hebrews in the land of Nubia. They are a combination of the tribe of Judah, Danaco, and the seed of Fatima, Hassan, and Hussein who migrated over into Nubia. And out of that seed came Muhammad Ahmed El Mahdi. When you say the word Mahdi and you remove the meme, you get the word Huda, which is the root word for the word Judah or Yahuda, the same side. The name Mahdi is another way of saying you identified with the tribe of Judah. You understand? So when you mention tabernacle and you mention Zion, remember Zion in the ancient times was a place. It applied to one tribe in the future, as we just read, which is the tribe of Judah only, because when the Messiah, Jesus, came, that's all he was looking for, the tribe of Judah and Judah only. Would you find in the scripture where it was written that this world will be never left without a witness? Which verse would you find that in the Bible? I haven't seen that in the Bible. You show me that in the Bible. I know in St. John chapter 16, when Jesus speaks about the coming of the prophet Muhammad, who he refers to as a comforter, when translated, which is the paracula in the Greek, which comes out of the word Ahmed, or which is short for Muhammad, in the books of St. John, chapter 14, 15, and 16, and he said, I will never leave you comfortless. I will never leave you without someone like myself, is what he meant. And then he said in chapter 16, I will send unto you another comforter, but he was not to be from the house of Israel because the prophet Moshe, which we know as Musa, alayhi salatu wasalam, Moses told us in the books of Deuteronomy, chapter 18, 15 to 20, that he was going to send a prophet from among the brethren of Israel, not an Israelite, but outside of Ben Israel, from the seed of Ishmael would come that seed. And so he did say, Jesus, I will never leave you without somebody like myself. I will never leave you comfortless. And when he left, after Jesus went to Allah, after Allah raised him up, then after him, 570 years, thereafter came a man named Ahmed, which happens to mean comforter, born in Paran, which happens to be Mecca, where Ishmael's seed migrated, where he also said Zion would be, when you read the books of Joel. So this man, this comforter, who he said was none other than the prophet Muhammad, who got his covenant through a man named Bilal, radiallahu anhu, who was from Halashia or Ethiopia, and of the tribe of Judah, and had the power to pass the scepter on to Muhammad, which Jacob said would go into the hands of the Shiloh. And when the Shiloh, which was Muhammad, came, he received the scepter of Israel, and the covenant was complete. That's the story of the scripture. Outside of that, I don't know. What is another name referred to as comforter? What is the, type, the, what is the supreme name for comforter? Ahmed, which means gratitude and or comfort or illustrious. As many translations when you come to English, it's hard to define these names into one word. It gets its root from the Arabic word hamada, same thing in Hebrew, which means to be grateful or to praise one. Or Muhammad, when we add a meme on it, was the preposition meaning one who is. 
Muhammad means one who is the comforter. Muhammad, one who is worthy of praise. What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit? Yes. There's many Holy Spirits in the Bible. But the main one they speak about when they say Rufus al Qudusa, which means the soul that is untouched, is the angel Gibrael who came down to Mary as a well-made man, right? And went into her and conceived Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit. But there is a point when Jesus himself created a bird in the form of a dove, where he was being baptized in the joy, and that dove was seen descending upon him as a form of the Holy Spirit. That again symbolized the angel Gabriel, who is the Holy Spirit. The Quran teaches us that Jesus created that dove that the Christians worship. The Christians just think it came from heaven, but it says that it was created. All right? Assalamu alaikum. I was reading the first king, chapter 13. And I'd like to know, who was this man of God? Uh, what does the whole chapter mean? And the question is, who is this man of God? And what does the whole chapter mean? Right. Firstly, the first question that a Christian was trying to give people is that they're talking about Jesus the Messiah. Correct? And as you go down and read, you'll find out that he burned bones and flesh of men and priests, things that Jesus himself never did. We eliminate that. Now, the person they're talking about, you find, is a man of Judah. 1 Corinthians 4.22 tells you that he was the father of Gideon, the judge. Judges 6.11 and 32 confirms it. A son of Ahab in 1 Kings 22.26. So what I'm going to say is that this person was of the house of Judah, was from the family of Gideon, the judge, and was not Jesus. Okay? Also, so we suffer from it. The Christians were having a very serious time trying to convince the people of the Judites, the Nazarites, and the Pharisees that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. But what they did is they took Old Testament scriptures and tried to make everything they could sound like it was Jesus the Messiah. Give all that. And because of the new listeners, who Paul had reached called Gentiles who hadn't known the Torah, the five books of Musa, it was easy to convince them. But the children, the reason why you find in the times of Jesus, there wasn't a large conversion of the tribe of Judah or the so-called Israelites is because they were constantly in the scriptures and were able to go back to their rabbis and ask, what does this mean that he said? And then the rabbi would give a lecture on who that was historically and has eliminated it. They didn't get their strong growth until Paul because the people who Paul was teaching were Gentiles, meaning Goy or those who were Umbia who were illiterate and did not read the scriptures and they had no form of reference for their only believe what Paul and them propagated. You understand? So a lot of times people are being misled by Christians in the thinking sections in the old churches pertaining to Jesus because the people who followed uh, Jesus' disciples 
and the people who followed Paul were two different people. Okay? Yeah, I was, I was also reading Psalm 87. And I can verses 4, 5, and 6. You mentioned certain people. Well, I'd like to know who, who they are. Psalm 87. What I'll do is I'll point out just one of them because these are just people. The name, of course, Rahab, means to be broad. And that was a harlot of the time of Jericho. You'll find that in the book of Joshua, 2, uh, verses 1 through 21, and 6, 17 to 25. That's who Rahab was. Each of the other names are describing people, five for the, a person who established a place, and that was a Syrianite. Philistinia was a person who became the father of the Philistines, and they didn't have the word Ethiopia in there. There was no such thing as Ethiopia back then. It was called Kurs. In the scriptures, in Hebrew, as well as ancient Syriac Arabic, we have the word Kurs, not the word Ethiopia. The white man is split. He thinks by telling you something like Ethiopia, he can direct you into the wrong direction and flatter you at the same time. It was not Ethiopia, it was Kush. And Kush is in the land of Nubia to Sudan. The Ethiopians are broken up into three people. And a lot of a lot of people, especially amongst the Rastafarians and them, are being misled because they haven't taken the time to analyze Ethiopia. In Ethiopia, you have the Habashians, the Eritreans, and then you have the Falashians. The Falashians got the name from the Habashians, another word for Ethiopians. And they were migrants who came from Israel into Ethiopia, as it's called today, and moved up into the mountains. And they are the tribe of Judah. The standard Ethiopian is not of the tribe of Judah. He is no more than the Somalians who migrated south and mixed in with Indians who migrated north. That's what in Ethiopia. The Arisians is nothing but tribes of Somalians also who migrated western parts of the continent. So what people do when they pick up the language Amharic, they're picking up a Christian Coptic language, which is not a biblical language. They're confused with, with Arabic, which is from Aram, which goes all the way back to the son of Shem, and that's what the speed of Kush. And if every time the white man wants to trick us, he puts the word Ethiopia instead of Kushite. Because he put Kushite or Kushi, then he will be telling you that these were Nubians and Sudanese. But if he put Ethiopia, he can direct you to a part of Africa that he controlled by Coptic Christianity under a hypocrite who they refer to as Haile Salasia, who was not of the line of Judah, not of the house of Israel. But if he was, he would not have had an Amharic name. He would have had a Hebrew name because his bloodline would have came directly from, he would have been something Ben Judah. We human beings called him Judah, the line of Judah. His name was Rashana Haile Salasia, which is Amharic, not Aramic, which is uh, Semitic, not Arabic, which is Semitic, and not Hebrew, which is Semitic, but a Coptic language, which has got its origin in Greek. Okay? And if you look at and how did it look in Greek? You see the similarities. I also saw a show on television last week. The Danakon tribe, the Ethiopians. Who are the Danakon tribe? The Danakon tribe are the seed of Dan. Because on studying the scriptures, you know that Dan followed Judah. 
some of Benjamin and some of Dan, were seized and came and went south with Judah. Most of Benjamin did not, but Dan did. When Dan migrated north and left the tribe of Judah behind, they migrated north, they ended up in a place that was called Nubia, and the village they set up was called Danakala, which came known as Danakala or Dongala, which is Dongalawe, which is where the Mahdi seed came from, which meant that he was indeed not merely an Ishmaelite because of his mother being a Jalia, uh, but also an Israelite because of his descendancy migrating up there from the tribe of Dan, Danakala, which was indeed mixed in with Judah. Okay? So Danakala is nothing but the tribe Dan having migrated to Ethiopia as it's called today, with Judah and mixed in with them and then went north. I like to know that why do some of the Muslim sisters you know, have to go to the white man's hospital? Why can't one that like, you know, deliver here or whatever? Viewers in the community, in the community, you hear me say multiple times, why are y'all going to the hospital? You could be standing right in front of me with blood coming out your head. That's really. And, and I can stop the blood and I won't because you don't have faith. And just because a person is in the mouth, it doesn't mean they have faith. You understand what I'm saying? I've watched people and they say, heal me. And I say, no. Why should I channel my energy to you and then you're not going to... Let me tell you what Jesus used to say in the scriptures. Once he healed the person, or the person he said after that? Did you ever say anybody ever pay attention to that part of it? No. All they pay attention to is when Jesus healed the person, when he healed the leper, when he healed the blind, when he raised the dead, they like that part of it. But the part where Jesus said right after that, now, go and sin no more. Nobody wants to hear that part of it. Because the moment I do something for you to cure you of anything in the name of Allah, and then you go and commit another sin, you're twice as sick. A double portion of evil comes upon you. You understand what I'm saying? And it's worse. So you don't experiment with people's souls. So many times people come to me and say I'm sick, and I'll say, you haven't even made the first step of coming into the tabernacle, but you want me to remove some illness from your body. Just me to go back in the street and do wrong again. I'm not doing you a favor. I'm hurting you. If you're going to devote yourself to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and spend that time in his tabernacle, then you have his guidance. It doesn't make sense for me to step in when you have not even made a commitment to him. Right. You have to make a commitment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You must be born again. You must be served to get that evil out of you. Otherwise, it will keep attacking your body over and over and over again. There is no sickness that there is not a cure for either physically or spiritual. There's none. No sickness that cannot be either cured physically or spiritually. You understand? Yeah. And if people would attune themselves back to the spiritual world, they will not get sick so much. Right. They have to be in tune. They have to be on station without all the feedback and the noise coming through. Right. When the feedback and the noise and the temptations of the world, you all want the blessings of righteousness, but you want to live in sin. You want to say you're righteous and still do evil and still do wrong things and still sneak. It doesn't work like that. If you want the blessings of righteousness and purity, then you have to vow to the Heavenly Father that you will sin no more. Now, that's a hard statement for you to make. And 
And what you know you're supposed to make it and take your time. The time that you waste not coming to Allah, on Yom Al-Akhri, which is the last day, will be multiplied one day per thousand years. Let me make that clear. So in the day of sentencing, if you were destined to enter into paradise today, but each day that you did not come into Allah when you knew the truth, will be worth a thousand years in the lake of fire, because everyone will take as Quran says, then they return to us. Righteous people who stole Allah will spend longer periods in hell before they get out. Every man will take hell, then he will return to us. You understand that? There are people who know they belong in the tabernacle, just like in Israel's time, there were people like Nicodemus who came to Jesus, who knew he should have been Jesus' follower, but didn't become involved in Jesus' life until the cross. You follow that? All that time that he wasted was over a period of years where he was reading, or as you would have it, reading the Aristotle doctrine, studying this, staying in the dunya, staying out in the world. But then when judgment time comes, and everybody else, the angels come to receive the other people into the kingdom of heaven, these people will be held back, where each day that they wasted will be worth a thousand years outside of paradise of your time. Okay? Right. How is coming into Ansara Allah community mm -hmm. yes. becoming Christ? In the, uh, in, the book, of becoming Christ. in the book of St. John, chapter 1. You ready? Okay, hold on. Okay. Uh, we still need to start in verse 36. And looking upon Jesus, as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed him. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What did you, or simply, what do you want? They said unto him, Rabbi, which we know means master or future. Where do you live? They have where dwellest thou, which means where do you live? Okay? okay? And he said unto them, Come and see where I live. Come and see. They came and saw where he lived, and they abode with him, which means they stayed with him. Right? That day, for it was about the tenth hour. But you'll find that from this point on, the disciples are always with him. That day they stayed because of the Sabbath. But from then on, those disciples went every place Jesus went, they followed. Every place he walked, they went. Every place he ate, they ate. So they lived together as a sign of what Jesus was teaching. And they stayed together. That was a sign of the presence of Christ with them. And he brought them together to live where he lived, or to dwell where he dwelt, and to eat with him and to break bread with him. That was a sign of being Christ-like, that you learn to love each other as you love yourself. You've been listening to The True Life, sponsored by the New Islamic Hebrew Mission, and the original tent of Kidar, 719 Bushwick Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, where you can come and purchase the True Light tapes and the latest editions of the Pathers of Peace 
as authored by Al-Sayyid Al-Imam Isa Al-Hadi Al-Mahdi. These informative pamphlets cover such topics as the science of healing, what and where is hell, you must be born again, and where is the tabernacle of the Most High. Available for your spiritual enrichment are Sufi oils and incense. We also have available a beautiful prayer rug designed by Al-Sayyid Al-Imam Isa Al-Hadi Al-Mahdi. Be sure to come to the Hall of Knowledge at 548 High Street, Brooklyn, to see as well as hear the renowned master teacher who will change your life. You hear me? Uh, what would be her judgment? 
new system, a new kind of fire. But in here, fire is described as sulfur, fire and brimstone. So in the Greek and research, it uses the element of the panic. And all of us are familiar with fire in its many forms. Right? Right. And oxygen is needed to keep it burning. God speaks about rivers in heaven. Hydrogen and oxygen is in heaven. The tree in the garden. It had to grow before Adam made it. Now, did God come down with an angel and plant a full grown tree in the garden for the sole purpose of testing Adam and Eve? Or did they plant seeds in the garden and wait for it to grow? God came down to earth where there was a garden and no tree. He planted a tree. Not just a tree of good and let it grow. And then he said some innocent children he created who he knows are nothing inside their head. And let them walk up into the tree. And a snake, who we obviously created, because he created, he had the same way more like this, who was the most subtle of all the beasts of the field. First of all, take my beast with your But anyway, let's keep on. Let's take it around the tree way. Here comes Gunky, no offense to women. She was coming so far, she didn't know anything. There wasn't nothing to know. Ain't nothing there. So he's just walking down the road, mind of business, and here a beast who this book describes Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, wait, I went only to Genesis 24. Boy, I'm running. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, not created. And there's a difference in it. So this being was cunning as a subtle being, manipulative, conniving, true. Right? And then I sent a little innocent girl. Because I'm assuming being Adam Eve was just born. Unless we cue it on the age. If I'm saying, being Adam Eve was just born. They will come into the garden with a big tiger arm. With a big tiger arm. <laughs> and God had a mat waiting next to the tree for them. The mat, the car office, was waiting next to the tree. And here's from Eve. And the mosquitoes, obviously, because he calls them the whisperer. He goes, <laughs> and he goes, let me see what he tells us. Then he said, unto the woman. And God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Did God tell you not to eat of every tree? This is the tree God grew off. Waited for it to grow. 
woman, directed her intelligence towards the tree. While at the tree, the devil was waiting for her, who was conniving and nibbling and suckling. Okay, but this is what y'all want to believe. Show me. <laughs> Let's see what happens. And the woman said unto the serpent, Snakes do not talk. <laughs> Hello, ma'am. I have yet to be a snake. Heard a parrot? Heard a parrot? He say something? <laughs> he can do it. God made it, made it possible. God said parrots can learn to talk. But hell, there ain't a snake anywhere that has a voice box and can talk, right? We got that first. So serpent is somebody's name, like an old friend of mine from the Jennifer day, we used to call him Snake. We said, what's up, Snake? Now, his Indian friend that he got in the Bible, (laughs) oh, he can talk. He can talk. He can talk very well. But he was brother drunk and talking. That's how he talked. I don't think he even understood him. <laughs> and the woman said unto the serpent, now she's talking back to a snake. Come on. You walk in the garden, you see a snake around a tree, and the snake says, don't. And you go, yes. You're talking about sending your children somewhere being unprepared. I can jump from the Old Testament to the New Testament and come up with the same kind of unprepared child of God. But Jesus was like, oh, my father, it would be possible. Let this cup pass by me. I don't know. I know. I know. I know. I know. You know what he was talking about? He was talking about the crucifixion. Jesus did not want to die, which means the whole story of Jesus being born and knowing he was going to die was a lie. But if Jesus was born the Son of God and knew he was born to die, he would not have said, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He would not have ran when they were trying to catch him. Your Father, if he knew this from birth, why was he afraid? What do you mean by Father, forgive them? For they know not what they do. If God's plan was for his son to come down and die for our sins, his son would have been a willing sacrifice, such as stole out of Abraham's story in Isaac. But his son Jesus, if you read the Bible, did not want to die. Like the Pope. <laughs> Now, why Jesus didn't want to go back to his father? They said that he fell in the garden and he sweated blood. Homeworld was really gone. <laughs> I want to see one of y'all people there bend down and pray and sweat the blood. You know how hard homeworld had to pray and sweat the blood? <laughs> but this is faith day time. This is reality time. And this may not sound or fit right with your fancy, but until you can prove it otherwise, then you're going to have to deal with it. Until it shakes that spell of ignorance that is making us hate each other all 
world. And we the people, we're supposed to do something about the people that rule us that don't have all their marbles. Whether they rule us from the pulpit or Congress, wherever, we got to check them out. And we've got to get to the point where I see you don't get angry at me when you're doing what I'm doing to people and you tell them that it's ahead of time. Don't get angry with me because I'm not a believer. Don't get angry because I'm not supposed to help. Give me some soft, concrete answers. When I finish talking for a little while, I will ask that brother right there to step up and sit over there so I can take that seat. And I'll let any one of y'all who want to call him, who say you Jesus, or say you are Muhammad, and you want to get up there and talk to us so we can ask you some questions, you can have this answer. But don't get mad, because every time I ask questions, people get mad at me. So I go directly at you. I don't hold no questions because I'm dealing with the one thing that anybody or nobody can tell with, and that's my soul. That's all I got left. Yeah, it took care of me. In paradise, on the right or left, or beneath or up, wherever, next to God, I am going to question it. But I'm not going to spend the last days of my life sitting in a church or a mosque or synagogue coming with your ass to die to find out they you. I want to know ahead of time. And if you can't prove it to me, don't be angry because I'm not a believer. And if you want to die, I'll go to hell and hell. I'll go to hell. But I'm not going to go into heaven. And to add to that, if the kind of people like Mother Teresa, the Pope, and the religious men I met in the Islamic world, if they're in heaven, I don't want to be there. I don't want to go to a place where you sit down forever and do absolutely nothing. I don't want a couch when rivers flowing beneath it. With angels running around feeding me. I don't want to do that forever. I'd rather struggle on, on earth trying to get a job than to sit in the tree a playground and do nothing but look at flowers all day. You can do that in the same time. And never have ever seen on earth to the heaven in the same time. But a bunch of people are sitting around in the day room with clean clothes and nothing to do. <laughs> They are promising you when you die, you are going from insanity into insane asylum where God will be with you, and that makes it okay. <laughs> well, I'm not that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that's why I sit back and I look at this and say, well, let me go on and talk about this. And the reverend can defend himself on him. If he can't get mad, he just has to scratch his hands and be glad. <laughs>
behind my back? Why are they teaching me a doctrine that contradicts logic and common sense and sound right reasoning? Why are they doing that to me? And why would they make you mad at me for pointing out at you to make you see it? That man's crazy. That man's off the curse of Bible. That man's anti-Christ. And why? How can they get you to do that when all I'm doing is reading to you what you've been reading all your life? And I'm not, you are helping me to see the interpretation. I just pre-write this and we're doing this right now. And if you can read this another way, then bring your daddy ass up here. <laughs> because this is me, I'm reading the King James Version of the Bible. You understand? King James Version. A British Bible in America. You get the drift. <laughs> She's the American Bible in America. In America. Alright. And a woman. Oh, and, and when, get this. And when the woman saw that the tree, that the tree was good for food, it was edible. No thing in here does it say apple. There's no apple in there. Somebody stuck apple in there. In Sunday school, apple got in there. Apples are not that old. There's over a thousand species of apples. What kind of apple was it? Was it a Mac? (laughs) 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 But if you ask that question in church, the reverend will get mad at you. The Sunday school teacher will report it to your grandmother, because your grandmother's the one who asked about church. Your mother just said, it's not like nothing. But grandma just, come in. Bring that needle ass over here. If you question, just tear you up with that. So you know that switch I'm talking about. That thing is switch. You hear me? Yes, because something inside of me, something says, uh, um, you know, well, if, uh, if Adam and Eve were the only people on the planet and had two sons, and had two sons, and they where did you get wise from? What? You don't hear this? That's where it started. That's where the block got placed in. So when I start talking about you, you start going, even you groan, you still get that sound. You, you, your mind is conditioned not to question this book. But you start saying, that man crazy. No, this man got beat so many times that his grandmother's arm got tired. And then she said, what, what, what do you want to know, boy? And said, I don't know. After 15,000 beatings and 250,000 what? I said, that's all I want to know, Grandma, is that you don't know and Reverend Pork Chop don't know either. I don't want to know. Let somebody know. I don't want to know. Who are the people of the land of Nard? Where did they come from? The Bible said Cain left the garden and went to the land of Nard. And nobody was going to pray with Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. So if you go to the land of Nard, nobody was there. What? Is it me? Is it only me? Am I crazy because I 
It's like the sun to lift up to get those ugly little blue And the Lord said, Now God stepped in, Yahweh, Yahweh is in the Hebrew. And the Lord said, My Ruach, Ruach, my soul. God stepped in and said, My soul shall not always strive with man. For that is going to make well, I did that in English class. I failed for that. For that, he also is flesh. Who are we talking about? They say Jesus is a Christian church. This is talking about somebody who apparently is evil. This is talking about somebody who is one of the giants. This is not talking about a son of Adam. And Jesus was called the son of Adam. Like Adam. Conceived like Adam. But right here in Genesis chapter 6. And the Lord said, my church will not always strive with man, for, for that he is also flesh. Yet, yet, yet now, his days shall be 120. He's going to live in the flesh for 120 years. That's not Jesus. Jesus said 33 years, according to the gospel society. And for one man in the whole Bible will live to be 120, and that's Moses. And unless Moses is the Son of God, then that contradicts us. God so loved the world that he gave it only child. Or if you meet this God, put the new God version. You hear me? Why are they playing games with your mind? Because through this book, wars have been born. Thousands of people starved and died. Hate. They actually, they actually took Jeffrey Dunn in church. I'm, I'm sorry, in court. And asked him in a building set aside to be covered by the state, which is separate from religion. And asked him in this building set aside for the state that is other than religion to be square to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God, in this building, separate. From church, covered by the state, they're asking him to make a religious proclamation. Okay. Um, <laughs> and in this book, in the book of Exodus, one of the commandments of the God of this book is, Thou shalt not kill. It doesn't say, Thou shalt not kill, with the exception of a jury of your peers and a judge of execution. God says, vengeance is mine. Now these Christians believe this book, but when it comes down to God, vengeance, all of a sudden, they want to put God aside and say, don't believe God. They want to kill the boy, Christian was standing up there saying, kill kill on national television. They interviewed each one. Ask him, how do you feel? I think you should get the death penalty. Where is the Christian spirit? Where is the belief in God a man? And who gave the judge the right to judge you again? Who did and how did this book there end up in court? Shouldn't they have been swearing on the Constitution? 
perceived being outside of the physical realm because you cannot predict his decision. But if you make him a man like you, then you say God thinks like me, but he is God and says you. Very convenient for human beings. And God don't get, oh, chicken's going to be in heaven. I'm asking y'all, the chicken's going to be in heaven. So grapes are there for you to rip them off their vine. Well, your head looks like a, a grape to somebody's wife. If I go there, greatest pleasure will pop in your head off and keep the juice out your brain. Because most of the women in there, any women, the women raise their hands? Come on, women, raise your hands up here. Don't be shy. Now, y'all know y'all think plants think. Women think plants feel. Oh, you, you, you want to use the most of the day, let me do anything that I do, baby. I don't want to put an eggshell. What do you put eggs in? Well, plants like eggs. Plants like eggs? I don't plants. You don't like eggs. Why do you assume that the plant like eggs? Well, it makes it grow healthier. You ever think it's trying to get out of the day? It's trying to get away from you and your family. In the world of technology, you're trained to think like that. Job said he got unfair treatment, that he was singled out to suffer for nothing. And everything was taken from him. His wife, his children, his land. And that wasn't enough. They were born all over his body. For absolutely nothing. Just because God and the devil made a bet. God is a gambling man here. The devil told God, I know one, you know, so if you take away your protection from him and your blessing, I bet that he'll deny you. Right? And he does it. I'm telling you, God is betting. Read the book of Job. He is actually making a bet on Job's life. Tell me where that's fear. Tell me how that's fear. And then God said, well, after it's all over, and God won the bet, and he's rolled the roll and put it back in his roll. I assume he the roll. I know this God makes him something. He puts his money back in his pocket. And then he looks back at Joe and says, I'm going to So he gives Joe another wife, some new flock, some new children. I don't want another wife. I want the wife I was loving before you and the devil made a bet with my life. I don't want a new wife. I'm happy with my wife. But I'm my wife that you God just don't put in the mercy shit. Quit controversy. Quit this shit that is so bad that we move it and it gets to be between him and the devil. That's what he's saying. Now, close the book of Job. Let's move on. Could he do that? Did he do that? Why not? That's the same why not that we always had. Because we are alone in our sorrows. 
And the sooner you realize the helping hand you're looking for, is at the end of your arm, the better off you're going to be as men and women. The moment you make up your mind, then the dog will crazy eyes made Egypt a place we all would love to visit but can't go because of Islamic fundamentalism and fanaticism attacking people so damn it. If Muhammad didn't go to the mountain, the mountain would have came to Muhammad. I said I was going to take all y'all back to Egypt with me. I can't because the Arabs are messing everything up, so hell, I'm bringing Egypt here for you. And that in itself is nothing but an example of what every one of us can do. We all can change the condition of things. But it's an individual thing. Each one of you has to make up your mind to not believe anything. You follow that? And when they tell you, I don't want to offend you, I just don't believe it. Unless you can prove it. You don't get mad at me. I may be stupid. I may be naive. I may be not false. But I just don't believe it. I want to know. But that belief system is what made us hate each other. That belief system is responsible for war and death. And I don't want it no more. And I don't want the sons and daughters of God to want it. And I get confused in here about who they are. This book is real confusion. I just read, before I can keep reading, I can keep showing more and more and more confusion. That Adam and Eve story, it goes on here. <laughs> Where are we at? You want me to go to the mall with it? Let's look at this thing while we're here. Y'all mind your little time, dude. It's right there. Back to six again. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, why? Why did God make it good for food? And make something that they shouldn't want. Uh, okay? And that it was pleasant to the sight. Why did God make it so beautiful? I'm going to say, good God, how did you say, good God, who just the And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit. Desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her which were with, with her, and he didn't. Why? Why did God make a tree forbidden for human beings? Not endowed with enough intelligence to know better. Instead of being after them, that is the most cunning person on, or being on the planet, and then make the tree good for food. Not just chicken, but good chicken. <laughs> Not just good chicken, but chicken that looks good. And chicken that I can learn how to cook. <laughs> make it all, make me wise. Why would he do that? You say because God was testing us. And I say, why does God have to test people when he can just go, look, here it is. Look, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the way they say it? They, I would say, kun fire kun. Allah says, good thing, kun fire kun. The existence. And it's be or I say be it shall be. That's all, boom. But you but yet women have babies in nine months. No, I ain't no boom. When you women prefer just go, I'm a boom. 
that has been broken down into a colloquial language and becomes a diet. And you're saying that in Acts 3, the Holy Ghost comes on the day of Pentecost and as a light of fire, God is using fire. You said to me that fire is the tool of the devil. And that tranquility and bliss and peace is the tool of God. But in the day of Pentecost, and peace is the tool of God. But in the day of Pentecost, while deceptive, deceiving, punk-ass, shifty-ass disciples who ran their ass off when Jesus had a problem, after saying over and over again, Lord, we wish it, Lord, we wish it, when it came to God, you said, what the thing God said, them niggas ran. How you going to desert God? Can I
And we don't bother to tell you. They turned around and fell on the ground. They didn't have no
consolation. He said, my father is in that star consolation. I am from above. You are from beneath. I come down to you. I went back up. He went up in the front of his disciples. They see him go and come back. Talking about UFO. <laughs> he literally said, our father who art in Orion. Here. I'm sorry, here. And I saw a new heaven, a new kind of sky. You know why it's a new heaven? Because never have they saw all the planets line up before. Something that never happened before in these cycles. The new heaven on May 5th, 2000 was brought by the four planets that lined up a couple of months ago. And he turned them out and went all the way up to the year 2000, May 5th, 2000. You will look up and you'll see a new heaven. And a new heaven is going to cause a new earth. And this is why the earth is shifting. This is why the climate is changing. This is why it's freezing and droughts and earthquakes. This is why thousand-year-old volcanoes are erupting. This is why we have diseases like psychotics, AIDS, because they're wiping out the earth. And only those people with the seal of the Father will make it. And the people who stand beside the people with the seal of the Father, but they have the seal of the devil on their head. And Jesus pointed them out in the book of Matthew 24. He said, many are going to come in my name and say I am Christ. He said, in other words, watch out for people who call themselves Christians. He said, many will come in my name, Christian, and say I am Christ. Not say he is Christ, but they'll tell you that Jesus is the Christ. He said, if they tell you in Matthew 21, if they tell you I'm coming from the east, don't believe them. They lay them down some they lay him down some sacred chamber, believe them not. He told them how, for as a son, as it comes out of the east, and as you watch the night, you'll see the Orion stars come across the east, and they descend into a soul ship, the son of man be.
when tonight you see three stars, three wise men from over the horizon, horizon,
نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله والي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لنا المرسلين Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that he is alone and has no part. And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God. And on the Mujaddid, the Reformer. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. And now, the true light featuring Ex Sayyid Al Imam Isa Al Hadi Al Mahdi. How long was Satan being a boundless pit? Now in 20th it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. Now what starts to happen? Judgment is going to start. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is called the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. This goes back to Revelation 12, 9 again, as I told you, after the devil was cast to earth. Now he's getting bound a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and put a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years is up. That thousand year period is while the 144,000 will be up in the mothership being groomed, which is mentioned in Revelation 21. You just went through the calamities and all the wars that are starting right now, which is mentioned in Matthew 24, rumors of wars. Nation against nation, pestilence, earthquake, famine, disease. That's what we just went through as it falls. But the hosts are looking down from heaven in the beginning of 20, looking down at earth and seeing these calamities. They're not in it. Now it tells you where they are. Now watch. Number four. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness. Of Jesus, Jesus' true disciples who were persecuted for spreading his gospel. He saw that they made heaven. He had it for the witness of Jesus and for the word of Allah. And which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their forehead or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. That means that his disciples will be also with the 144,000. Those that did not succumb to the weakness of the Roman Empire, like Paul and them did. Number five. But the rest of the dead live not again till a thousand years are finished. Nobody else will be a part of that resurrection until that thousand years is up. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no power. What is the second death? The second death is once a man dies, then he goes into judgment. 
the determination of whether or not he will gain everlasting life or die again and go into eternal damnation is on his soul. Once a man to die and then he goes, once you die, either you will raise into everlasting life or you will be condemned to the second death, to eternal damnation. The choice is on you, says here. Number six of 20 of Revelation. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of Allah and of the Messiah. That means Jesus. They'll be his priests. And shall reign with him how long? One thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. The gene they call it in the Quran. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are what? In the four corners of the earth. God and Magog. They just had their meeting this week. I told you to expect it. They came together this week. I told you all that last year would happen. All right? God and Magog is atheist and non-atheist. Gather them together to battle. The number, and they're getting ready to battle. They got Afghanistan, they got Persian Gulf, they got, they're prepared, you'll see, you'll live to see it. The number of whom are as the sands of the sea. The third world power is going to come in and help the United States and Russia. Those are the kings of the east sitting up come across the Euphrates, which is mentioned also in Ezekiel. And they went up on the edge of the earth and encircled the camp of the saints all about and the beloved city that is the new city of zion new city of jerusalem the tabernacle and fire came down from god out of heaven and devoured them and the devil that deceived them he deceived his own people his own followers all those black people that have fallen the false christ are going to be deceived by him too the devil that deceived them did what? Was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet, which is that one who calls himself Jesus, the one you all are worshiping, who's really barred Jesus, are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven set away. That's judgment. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Allah. And the books, plural, the books were open. Everybody's deeds are going to start. And another book was open, which is the book of life. First of all, every man's book. That's why Muslim turns his face to the right and prayer and says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And then he turns his face to the left and says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. He's greeting the two angels that keep his record. On that day, your book of records will be opened, and then the book of life. What is the book of life? Let's see. It says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat from whose face the earth and the heavens sped away. It's up about the heavens opening like the Quran says, and the angels coming down, a light, the judgment starting. And there was found no place for them. There will be no hiding from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yom I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Allah, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. Not which was written in the books, 
The dead are going to be judged by their works. They don't ask you if my grandmother died before she became a Muslim, but she's a good person, will she make heaven? The Bible says that she's going to be judged out of her works, according to what? Out of her book of deeds, how does she live from day to day according to her works? She cannot be judged by being al Islam. Ibrahim. So don't fear for her. Fear for yourself. Because you know the truth. Now, number 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Remember, Quran says, everyone will taste hell. Then you will return to Allah. You will all taste it. You will feel the pains of hell through your judgment. And they would judge every man according to what? Their works. And death and hell were cast into a lake and fire. This is the second death. See? After that judgment is over, they're not cast away too. There'll be no more. This is the final, the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book, in the book of life, <laughs> was cast in. So your deeds was pulled out with a book of those who were in the tabernacle, who entered back into the garden instead, because that's the tree. Now watch, 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from Allah out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for husband. Like I explained back in 19, that's the wedding of the Lamb. And you women will have to be prepared as brides adorned for that meeting. Are you wearing your long white veil? Are you in a state of purity? The Western world acknowledges the dress of a bride as a long white dress and a face veil, even if she's a Christian. And the Bible picks it up. Be ready for it. It says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Allah is with men. <laughs> it's now with us on earth. What did Jesus say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. This is what he just said in Revelation chapter 21. What did he just say? Chapter 21, 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Allah is with man. The kingdom has come down to earth. He shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And Allah himself shall be with them, and they shall be what? And shall be their creator. In the Holy Quran, it tells us. This is to expect this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Allah shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Because remember, death is sin. The fear of death is sin. There'll be no more dying, nothing but eternal life, which you originally had in the garden until you partook of the fruit of which you were forbidden to eat, of which you would have received if you would have received Jesus the Messiah, but you did you would have regained eternal life again, but you didn't. You turned away from him and worshipped everything but him. Turned him into a god. Turned him into the god. Turned him into a god. Then he became the god. I'm going to show you exactly where in the scripture they put that trick on you in a little while. Where was that? Well, you were finishing four. 
Four, okay. Nine is sorrow, you have to. Let me start at four again. For Allah shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. All those physical things will be gone. The transformation is taking place from mortal to immortality, from being to supreme being. This is what he's saying. Number five. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, what? I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. John, write these things down, because this is going to happen. That's why he got this book. And he said unto me, I am the first and the last. I was there in the beginning, and I am here at the end. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. We call it Kothar in the Quran. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his creator and he shall be my son. That's what Jesus said. As many as believe on me, them too, I give the power to become the sons of God. See? You will end up a son of God anyway, if you have faith. But the fearful, now let's talk about those other people. But the fearful, those people who are afraid to make that first step, I'm coming home one day, I'm getting together. The fearful, the unbelieving, those who conceal the truth, knowing, because these are the rule here, they hide what they really are. And the abominable and the murderers, and the warmongers, and those sorcerers like that bar of Jesus, and idol worshippers like the Catholics who got statues all over the church and then say they're not worshipping. And a lot of Muslims are now idol worshippers because they're now worshipping Muhammad and his Sahaba and the Khulufa. They're worshipping. They're not respecting. It's a difference. They become an idol worshipper. It's not even intended to because of the spread of false Islam by the hypocrites, which is referred to in the Quran as Al-Arab, the fake Arab. Idolists and liars. Tells you the Quran about those who lie about the deen. So have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is what? That is the second death. They're going to go there eternally with him. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, that means of the seven archangels, which had the seven vows, full of the seven last plagues, the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, come up, come up to the ship, come up, come hither. I shall show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. He's going to take John into the mothership and show John the mothership, the new city, the crystal city, the Bible calls it. Come on up here, I want to show you something. I'm going to show you Jesus' wife because he was looking for something else. Number 10. And he carried me away in the spirit, took me out of my body, to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending, coming down out of heaven from Allah. That's what your close encounter movie is about. The so-called close encounter UFOs, they try to make it out of a myth. They're talking about another abode descending, where two abodes mixed together. 
the earthly abode and the heavenly abode. Malakut and Nasser merging into one. Number 11, having the glory of Allah and her light was like unto the stone most precious. It will go on and describe to you the city, the length, the breadth, and everything about it, which I won't go into in this book. Then it goes on in 27 of the same 21, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, that defiles. If you are pork eating, alcohol drinking, cigarettes smoking, if you are defiled, you will not enter into the city. Don't let nobody tell you you can do it and live in sin because you're not. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.